Welcome back to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have some two special guests today on the No Picks After Dark podcast. Actually, a third one, also too, over there sleeping right now. Uh, today, we welcome Sarah and Brian. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thank you. We're good. Awesome. Awesome. And I um, just wanted to sit back with you guys and conversate about what you guys uh, are going, have gone through. Uh, I know you guys have approached me about being on the pod, and um, we talked about this earlier this summertime to, to get together, and I know everybody's been busy, but I think, you know, always, it's always we've always made time to figure out to make it happen, and I'm glad you guys are participating and sharing your story on the No Picture of Dark podcast. Uh, to give a background real quick, I've known these guys for several years, and, um, you know, I saw them a couple years ago, and um, was at a holiday party. And I was looking around like, who is this person they have with them? I have no idea. It was a random little person. And you know, you're like, all right, I know they're not millennials. Because <laughs> millennials will put everything on social media. You know, you get your tooth taken out, you put your social media. You get a dog, you're on social media. But um, this little person they had wasn't on social media or anything like that. So found it awkward. You know, you don't want to ask that random question like, what's going on with this? Um, did the, you know, the stork, the stock, the stork come down or the milkman come through? I don't know. You just don't know. But, um, when was Sarah pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's the question. True. That is the million dollar question. So, uh, without further ado, I want you guys to get into your story and I'm glad you guys go, go ahead. Um, I'm not really sure how to start out with this. I definitely approached Aaron, um, right after the podcast launched because the first episode that you covered was Emily and it was talking about, it uh, wasn't really politically driven, but it was talking about her medical stuff. And I was surprised by the topic matter just cause we're usually so social and we don't just in general, I don't think a lot of our friends talk about super serious topics. You know, there are things that are a little taboo. And I said, I want to get some awareness on the uh, foster care system and whatnot. Um, so when Aaron did see us at the holiday party, we had been foster parents for two weeks and I'm always committed to Syracuse events. So we showed up with a tiny human and everybody kind of looked at us like we were crazy and nope, we didn't post anything on social media. Nobody knew that we had even really done the foster care uh, training or anything like that. I don't think we really told that many people. We kept it close just because we didn't want to ruin it. Like it was such a big thing for us. If we posted something, it was like, it's going to jinx it. We got to make sure we yeah. you know, do everything correctly. And we also, um, considering that he was our foster child, it's a situation where you can't post that information online. You don't put pictures of the kids up because you're not the guardian. They, could go back to their parents or something like that. And you don't have the right legally to make that sort of decision to put anything up. But uh, we started out when we got married, we had like a theory. Yes, we had, we, we had, had a plan. plan. <laughs> Everybody has a plan. Okay. I, I, I like, I like plans, but well, like Mike Tyson said, Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Correct. Correct. Uh, ours was, Hey, we're going to have our own child, like our DNA our child and when we're going to adopt and that's how we're going to build our family yeah that was the plan that didn't work as well we uh, tried hard. we did we tried we um 
I did make Brian wait until I was 30 because I was like, I'm going to enjoy my 20s. You're not getting anything until <laughs> I'm 30. That's not going to happen. Um, but uh, it didn't, it wasn't working. Um, and we ended up doing IVF and everything else and had a couple times that it took and then miscarried a couple times. Um, one was pretty well in. We were actually almost, we were two days short of the second trimester. Um, and we actually had discussed doing foster care, um, foster to adopt rather than adoption, like get a baby, go through a private group because those are so expensive and it's a situation where there are plenty of kids out there that need a home anyways. So, um, we didn't really consider the private adoption route. Um, and we're still going through IVF and we ended up saying, why don't we just do this as a backup in case it doesn't work? We're set. And so we were doing the classes, um, for foster care and adoption when, the second miscarriage happened and a few weeks later I was like, I don't want to do this again. Tired of all the shots. I'm tired of all of it. Do you mind if we just not do this? So, so real quick to ask you guys, cause I don't know too much about it and maybe our listeners probably don't know too much. Does I, is IVF covered under insurance? Depends on your insurance plan, but ours was, it was covered under my insurance, but they limit you okay. as to how many tries you can take. Okay. So, and they have to approve you prior. So like I had a condition that we didn't know until we went through. Um, and so it was pre-existing and they approved me. And then they said, you get three shots. And uh, first one worked. Then um, the first miscarriage, the second one didn't take and the third one worked and then a miscarriage. So by then, like, I was already saying to myself, I really don't want to do this again. And we got a letter in the mail that said, you can't do it again. Insurance isn't going to cover it. So I was like, oh, well, that helps the decision. And it's not an easy process. You don't, they just don't insert an egg and you're one and done. No. It's months of shots, like three shots in her belly every day. Yeah, it was months of shots. And it's also, you hit the doctor every day for like two weeks in so the morning. How was the, how, I mean, I know I feel love in the room. I know how much you guys love each other. How was the d- dynamic of that? You know, when you're going through that process, you know, each day you're doing shots, you know, when you know IVF and, you know, you're there as a husband, you know, wife, you know, as a, as a team supporting each other. Um, you know, what, things that went through you guys' minds during that time period. Sarah's a rock star. And, you know, <laughs> no. my part that I played in the whole process was small. Like, she was the one getting the shots every day, going to the doctor's office. So she was a superstar. I actually think that the process made us a better team because we were both sitting there and when it comes to difficult situations like that, you can either get better or you can let things degrade. And I actually think because we were on the same page and we had to discuss all these things, you become more aware of each other's opinions and um, you kind of get more in line. So I actually think it made us better even after so many problems and hospital visits and a lack of sleep and all these other things that came down to it. Um, I think we were better off afterwards. I know we had talked about it a couple times. Um, it put us on the same page 
I think more than anything, because you have to communicate. So how was the um, support from your parents at this time or, you know, family, um, knowing that you've gone through three miscarriages? I mean, again, it's it's very tough mentally and physically. You know, what response did you guys get from them? Well, we only had the two miscarriages. Okay, sorry, the, two. It's okay. The one was like, it just, it didn't work okay. the second time. So okay. it's whatever. Um, Our, the hardest thing was both times we told people that we were expecting. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, to have that, you know, it's crushing on us, but then have to like retell that story and say, it didn't work out. It, it just kind of, it's like getting hit again. Yeah. The I think... Everybody was very supportive. And when we did tell them the first time, like we were so far in, we thought we were good. And we told everybody and everybody was super stoked uh, that a few weeks later, um, the worst part was absolutely feeling like we disappointed other people. And then everybody's looking at us saying, well, we feel badly for you. And it was, it was a strange dichotomy. Um, There was definitely like guilt on my part that Brian was just like, you shouldn't feel guilty. This just happened. And then the parents were really good. I really, I can't really say much about it. My sisters were both really good about it. My sister, Kristen called cause we were redoing the bathroom. That's how I got Brian to agree to redo the bathroom. Cause I was like, I'm not bathing a kid in this tub. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was tiling the bathroom when my sister, Kristen called after the first one. And, uh, <laughs> She said, well, I'm sorry you had to go through this. You know, do something that makes you really happy. Go buy yourself a new power tool. I was like, oh, you know me. (laughs) Um, And I was literally working on the drywall and the tile. So um, everybody was really supportive of it. Um, I think when we got into, when we told them that we weren't going to do it anymore, we got a little bit, there was a little bit stranger reaction. When we told them we were going to do foster care instead, we got kind of a weird reaction. Well, it was kind of like, well, try one more time. It, you know, it'll work. It'll work. And we had already made a decision. Like there's hundreds of kids out there. There, there are thousands of kids out there. And Brian, I know you're a man of faith. Um, I know that uh, very well, just from knowing you for a long time. Um, did you find yourself challenging your faith being challenged? Um, from, you know, I know you're, so here, here comes oh, the farmer's Brian's market story. story. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, this is like my favorite story to tell because you always see in the movies, like, you know, some angel or saint comes down and, and, you know, shows you your path. So I went to the Baltimore farmer's market under 83 and, uh, I parked the car and as I was walking by, there, there was a homeless guy just kind of sitting in the corner and I said hi to him. He said hi back real friendly. And, uh, Went in, did my shopping, and I was like, man, I'm hungry. And I'm like, well, but he's hungry too. So I grabbed two breakfast sandwiches and went over and sat down next to him. Hey, hungry? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, we talked a little bit, and he uh, he looked at me, and he said, do you have any kids? I said, no. And he goes, you know, some people uh, can't have kids, but there's a lot of kids out there that need a, a home. And I was like, what? How do you know me like this? And... uh. He said, what time is it? And I said, oh, it's like 1130. He goes, oh, I got to get, I got to get the church. You have a nice day. And off he went. Came home, told Sarah. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Like you came home and told me that you like cried the entire way home. I, I was, it was a just mess. like such a serendipitous moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, I'm, I'm getting like 
misty eyed here thinking about you know meeting that guy and yeah. you know i wish i could go back and just see him again just to say thank you and you're, you'll probably never see this guy ever again maybe one day no. so do you think it was just it uh, was one of those things where it had to happen it it was right time right place i think it did because you were a little bit i was like dead set on it because i always wanted to adopt kids like that was the game plan um but brian was a little like we can absolutely give up on ivf if you want to because you're the one dealing with all of the shots and appointments and all that and then he seemed a little on the fence like not totally sold and then this happened and he's like i'm game let's go yeah it was, it was all in i'm in um and luckily we had already um signed up for the classes we just hadn't started them at that point all right so i don't think what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick two-minute break and we'll be right back folks Folks, we are now back, and uh, we're in chapter two. You, without further ado, Brian and Sarah. <laughs> All right, so we uh, we're doing our classes now. Well, we went to we went to the introduction class where they basically tell you um, you sign up for the class. I think in like we went in October of 2016, I think, mm-hmm. and they basically go over like here's how it'll work. You're going to have this many classes. And at the end of the class, it's just like an hour. At the end of it, they say, if you're still interested, here are the three different like schedules that are available. And we signed up for, I think, the first one and started in January of 2017. If you guys, so before we go further, where do you start? Do you Google this stuff? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you Googled research. I mean, how far, like, because right now, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm lost. So help us out. You just people who may be going through this process or want to think about it. There's, I mean, you Google adoption and there's a thousand links. Yeah. Um, there's like Christian charities. There's overseas programs. Yeah. There's different state and local ones. Um, but we found we're like, you know, we're Baltimore. Let's there's plenty of kids in Baltimore. So we went through Baltimore social services. Yeah. I basically researched the heck out of everything and they bury the information. Um, in Baltimore city's website, they have a phone number you can call for information, but then they said you would do another phone number. So you call, you get your name on the list. They tell you to go to this meeting. And that was the first one we went to. Um, and then you sign up at that meeting. You decide like, do you want to do this or not? And then you sign up for the schedule. I think there was like one in January and there was like once a week you go for, for three hours. So ours was, ours was Monday nights. Yeah. So every Monday we were up uh, at the social services building, one of them, um, up Broadway. And you sit there in a class And you do get really close with everybody else in the class because you're talking about topics that are not necessarily fun. I mean, they go over a lot of stuff in these. A lot of the children that are in the foster care system aren't there because, you know, their loving parents gave them up for adoption. They're there because they were taken from their homes because of abuse, uh, physical or sexual abuse. drug dependencies there's so many things that these kids have been through before you even meet them but the classes they outline a lot of this and they kind of they wean you into it kind of slowly like the first class wasn't anything crazy they covered what the 
basically the syllabus for the class was. And you get this giant binder that's like three inches big. I think I still have it. I think it's actually behind you, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) It's behind the couch. Uh, It's three inches thick and it's not documentation that you necessarily have to fill out. Although there is some of that in there. Most of it is the class lessons. You cover what, like 20 pages a class or something like that. Um, But they break it down into different chapters every week. And I think, what did we have? It was like a 30 page document that we had to fill out individually um, that just covers questions of like, how do you figure out discipline? Where do you guys stand on X, Y, Z? Not necessarily anything political, but um, discipline, dealing with trauma, the whole It was trauma-based. It was a trauma-based course. So the entire class, all 10 weeks, it was three hours a week for 10 weeks. Um, You are basically covering off on all of these different topics that relate to how to deal with children and help children that have experienced trauma, no matter their age, because you can have um, a 10-day-old come into your care that who knows what may have happened with their parents, but you can have a 10 day year old, 10 day year old. I can't even talk 10 day (laughs) old, uh, come into your care and you need to know how to deal with that. Are there medical needs that you have to address or anything else? And so this class covered off on everything. Just, just real quick. Do you think a class like this, just don't know. I'm going off the beaten path, but this class like this is good for maybe, college or high school like a mandatory class of life you understand how the world works i'm curious i think it's it's important i think for for parents um to know how to deal with children and and it's it's a no there's no physical what am i what am i looking for discipline discipline Uh, there's a difference between punishment and discipline they did have a specific class that um covered off on that but I don't know if I would put this in a like high school or college. Some of the stuff class, was because it's really. I mean, all of it's based on and upset. real like, names have been changed, times have been changed, but these are based off of real children. Yeah, real cases. So you're doing everything in this class, and they uh, there are group activities within the class where you have to exchange ideas, and it's um, really interactive with the other people in the class. I think it was and what, very were, like, uncomfortable, very uncomfortable at times. How many people were in your guys' class? Well, we started with probably. Thirty. I don't even think it was that big, but but we ended with like with ten of us. No, there were more than that. I think. No, it was it was about ten. Really? Wow. And it turns out that some of them actually live a couple blocks away. Wow. So, um, but you, they you had tight bonds with people. Yeah. And you you had to rely on them, you know, just because it was a support group, uh, sort of. And when somebody wouldn't show up, you had to you had to be every week. You couldn't miss. And when somebody didn't show up, you're like, oh man, why did they drop? Yeah. They would have been great parents. And uh, it's it's just a a lot, you know. Even at the end, there was a the one girl that was with our group. Yeah. Um, she ended up saying, "I'm not ready to do this right now." She finished out the classes, but she wasn't ready to go full in at the time. So, if you finish all the classes, can you? Does that help you to go to the next step? I don't want to jump too far ahead. No, no, no. You're <laughs> fine. Um, so the the class is to become what they call a resource parent, which means that you are now part of the foster care system. Um, and your home has to be certified. So you have a 
health inspector, a fire marshal, and you have to have a setup ready for a child because yeah. you get that call at 10 o'clock at night and they're dropping off at 1030. Yeah, they have to, any child that is brought into the system or removed from their current situation has to be housed within two hours. They have to find a foster parent resource within two hours or the director gets involved. And I guess um, with this, how do they go about it? I mean, I guess, would you say you, you can get any child or is it just, I mean, I'm thinking, can you get, uh, say for instance, you, you show up, somebody knocks on your door, there's ethnicity different than yours. I mean, how does it work with the foster side? I'm, I'm, uh, maybe I'm a little bit lost about that. I'm just so, curious. With the foster children, they don't look at race okay. or gender. Okay. Um, they don't do that with the parents either. They okay. recited that every class. Every like class that says sexual you orientation, race, gender, none of that comes into play. Okay, because you know I see some people like uh, I want this certain type of kid, or I want some kid from this country, or something that orientation. Yeah. You know, I don't. Like I, said, I don't know. I think those are like the the private programs gotcha. where you can kind of cookie cut what you Hand want select gotcha. um our age like when we went through um, oh you do have to select an age range that's important yeah, because you have to have a room set up for the child to come right into okay so ours was we initially started zero to two. Zero to two and then we realized that our window was very thin to get an under two-year-old is not going to happen especially because there are two pads you can take all Resource parents have to go through this training, but you can choose to be a foster or an adopt only. We chose to be adopt only because we know how quickly we get attached and to possibly have that child then taken away because a foster parent, the idea is that you want this child to be reunified with their parents. Mm. You're part of the system trying to make sure that happens. And there was no way that we were going to deal with that. I mean, we had, we adopt all our dogs. There was no way that like, right. the, there's no way with how quickly I get attached to anything that we could do that and not have our hearts broken. So can we get some dates figured out for the audience real quick? Day one, do you guys, if you guys remember off the top of your head, when or approximately, when did you guys start going to the first class? January 27th. Okay. And then, <laughs> okay. And then you guys ended on, we ended in April. April, okay. April. Yeah. So from that point on, you're they're training you guys to get your house ready, get everything, get having people coming over your house, looking, make sure your house is ready for a, a child, correct? Well, we have, with the foster care system, you have your own caseworker as foster parents. So there is a caseworker that was specific for us. She would handle our paperwork and she came over for visits I remember we were prepping everything. Like we got new carpet put down here <laughs> just because we were so paranoid about everything being perfect. We had the child proof everything. We had uh, the um, outlet covers, but there's a, I mean, we did a lot of stuff. There was a lot background of background checks. We had to have federal background checks, fingerprinting, fingerprinting, but um, she got us through all that. Your caseworker helps facilitate that. So she actually had the, uh, she would help schedule the, fire marshal to come through and inspect the house and the health inspector. Um, and she visited four times. She was required to visit four times. We had to have psychological evaluations. Mm -hmm. You had to have doctors. I passed, um, by the way. Oh yeah. Thankfully. Uh, okay. I was, I was wondering. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> yeah. So but then did you get the, had the drug test? 
No. Actually, uh, one I don't thing think we didn't so. do was a drug test. No. That, that's interesting. I mean, it's like a damn near full time job you're going through right here, and they don't. But I I, I'm just curious. I was. Yeah, curious they, about that's. That. No, they didn't. I actually. wonder why they didn't do that. That is kind of strange. But I mean, it's also a situation where you did have to give them a doctor's report. Like oh, all I had to of get that a, stuff. Yeah, I so we had to have physicals done so and all of that and deliver that paperwork. I remember the uh, doctor I had was very confused by why she had to fill out this paperwork. <laughs> She's like, I've never seen this form before. I was like, all right. So well. you guys go. So this is happening over the course of time over your class. Like, time. yeah, like four months. Wow. Yeah. And it, at the time, it felt like a lot. And I think it's probably just because we had we were also still again finishing up with the IVF stuff, so it felt like a lot going on at one time. But in hindsight, I don't think it was it. It really wasn't when that you talk much. about it or you put it down on paper. It's like oh, my, overwhelming. Like a house inspection, you know, you gotta have the room ready. You have to have background checks, fingerprint, all this stuff. And you're like oh my, and it it just fits. Um, yeah. Some people say like you're never ready for a child, you know. And people have nine months. They find out they're pregnant. They have nine months to get ready for a child. You know, as a foster care or resource parent, you, you know, literally have no time. You have maybe three hours. You so no time. You could have this child show up. Um, wow. Now that's as the foster care area. Yeah. But we were, you know, adopt only. Adopt only. So. Um, so. I guess we could talk about they have the. Uh, was it is it right ripe and ready? No, no, ripe and ready. ready. That sounds ready. like produce. That's, a, that's um, like, okay. Oh, that's no, a kitchen it's, term. Uh, in my ready head. and ready and waiting. Ready and waiting. Ready. So okay. after we finished the program, and I will say the instructors were awesome, and a lot of the people in the class we still keep in contact with, um, because it's nice to have other people that have gone through it. Um, they do have foster parent like support groups. They have all this stuff that the city does, and the city is very supportive. Like they want to keep you in. So they are very communicative. Um, but we were like, okay, we finished these classes. Where do we go now? <laughs> Let's go find our kids. Let's go find a kid. <laughs> One thing that is very different from private adoption is that if you're an adopt only and you're adopting through foster care, it is your responsibility to find the child. You do the research no one else is doing it for you. Your caseworker is there to make sure your licensing stays. Um, that you're ha She has to do a quarterly visit. Quarterly visit. Quarterly she, visit. Monthly phone call, but quarterly visit to the house. Yeah. To reinspect, make sure nothing's changed. The room's still set up. Yep. And for the age range that we had, which was zero to two, you are required to have a dresser and a crib. And that was pretty much the rule. Um, other age ranges differ. Like you can't have bunk beds. You're not allowed. Hmm. it's a hazard okay well, that makes sense. Um, but they also sense. have rules like if with multiple children if they're the same gender they can share a room until they're six but then they have to have separate rooms they also have to have like a desk if they're school age like there's a lot of different requirements but like she would help us with that so we started the search and we scoured there is a great resource for anybody that wants to even just think about starting um, we found it after the fact uh, adoptuskids.org is a national resource that helps for domestic adoptions through foster care. So you can search by state, um, age range, and you get a little, kind of like a little bio of the children. Yeah. Um, you know, if they have any conditions. Uh, one thing that we couldn't handle just because of our work schedules 
was any kind of heavy medical. Yeah. And some of the children that are in the system need 24 hour nursing and care. And with our work schedules, it's just not feasible. Yeah. It wasn't realistic for our part. So that narrowed down the list a lot um, to very few kids. And then we had to get our, our profile, so to speak, it's like a dating service almost. It's really strange. Our profiles up on this website and you have to go through our caseworker to do that. She had to approve it, Baltimore city, all this stuff that got put up. So then if we wanted to um, get a little more information on the child, we had to submit all of that first and they had to go through our caseworker before we could get any further info. So I'm thinking to myself now, all this process you guys are going through and I'm thinking, I saw you at the holiday party, and you said you just got the young person, little person, two weeks before then, right? Yep, the nugget. So you started in January. The holiday party was in December. Yep. Okay. I just want to give people context of like where what's going on here. Um, it's damn near 11 months, about, right? 11? Yeah. Um, but you need to consider that... Uh, we were working towards this, but we didn't know Baltimore city told us like, if you want a young child, they only get like one or two a year that come within the age range that we were looking for. That would be adopt only. And so we knew our, our chances were slim, really slim. So they have a ready and waiting program through Baltimore city. Okay. That's what you were trying to say. Right. Ready. 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 Okay. <laughs> That's the kitchen in my head. No worries. no worries. Ready and waiting. So they um, do a monthly, like it's, it's not really event. a meet and greet. It's not a meet and greet, but they, they put it on, they like cater it and they put a movie on for families that have kids and you we kept, had missed the invite. Yes. Yeah, so they, they kept or they send it the day after it happened. So we couldn't for go. We're like, we have to go to this thing. <laughs> and we, they knew us in the system that we were adopt only. And there was, we got called we actually got called um, for kids that were uh, ready to be adopted, but they needed to be placed really quickly. Like within a week or two. Um, so we went to the one yeah. and it was three, they gave us three profiles of children and uh, two out of the three were actually something that we, we felt comfortable with that we could handle. And, they guarantee you an interview if you're an approved foster. Yes. So no matter what, they will interview anybody that's interested if you're an approved foster family. And it didn't work out for us. We were um, on vacation. We were on vacation <laughs> and um, they needed a place soon. So we got we got missed out on yeah. everything. Um, then we finally worked got out. to a class. We finally got <laughs> to go to the, the ready and waiting. And uh, it's very odd because you, they have a, the one room with the families and the workers, and then they have another room where it's just like a a looped video, and it has maybe like seven or eight kids. Well, that time it did. They do like a and five minute. Each kid has video three to five minutes, kid. and you get to see the kid. And sometimes, you know, if they're old enough, uh, they'll talk. You know, hey, you know, I I'm looking for this, and I like Spider Man, and and. I remember the one kid because he really liked Spider-Man and I was like, Sarah, this this kid, you know, look at him. He's 11 years old. And and we had upped our age range at that point. We had gone back to our caseworker because we were like, maybe we're picking too slim here. So we upped our age range to 10, um, which included more paperwork. And then you had to talk about schools and all that other stuff that goes along with it. But uh, 
it was our first ready and waiting meeting and there was this kid that was right in the age range we wanted is under two years old um <laughs> it, you know beautiful child yeah you know he's laying on a blanket big wide eyes and i was like we didn't even watch the rest of the kids we just looked at each other and we're like that that's him i think he was the last video anyway so it wouldn't matter if we had already seen the rest well, of them. we gave each other a look like yeah this is it like well we hoped so after we do the videos they have giant poster boards of each kid. The kids are not at the meeting and you walk up and next to each poster is the kid's caseworker. So separate from our caseworker is the kid's caseworker and they're there to answer any questions you have. So we walked up <laughs> and we, you know, told we were interested. Um, we only asked one question and it was like, it was medically related. And that was it. Yeah. What, what was, what, what do we ask um, about uh, the genetic testing that they said in the video? Yeah. Because they had mentioned something about that and yeah. we, we brought it up, um, but we expressed interest. So we went to the sign up desk and the lady said, Oh, I remember you. And we're like, yeah, we didn't get that interview. We were away. Yeah. So I think that helped, <laughs> you know, guilt, that trip we were, guilt trip them into getting us a, a, really a true interview um yeah and we did and it was it was like an interrogation it oh was my gosh the <laughs> how many people are in I think, the there, room? I think there were four other than yeah, us it was uh the nuggets caseworker our caseworker our caseworker and then the director, the director and, and somebody else. So somebody else's boss. Oh, um, but we was were it, greeted. No, 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 it was the psychologist the that psychologist. we had to be interviewed by. And uh, we were greeted by like the head supervisor and her first And it was thing, the end of the day. It was goes, the last one. Well, I'm glad you're here early because we're trying to get out of here. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. It was, was it a Friday? No, it wasn't a Friday. It was like a, it was a Thursday, I think. I don't it was, know. It was, mid, it was midweek. I, I don't know. It was. But yeah, she said that, and then you know, I, I'm thinking, okay, this is the most important job interview I've ever been on before in my life. I have to nail this. I'm and not letting this woman push others. us out the door. They had already interviewed other people. They had already interviewed seven other. She's not getting us out of here for this child. I'm going to get this job. Seven others, and so I'm sitting there because they told us we were the last ones. Wow, it's like, all right, wow. uh, no pressure, no pressure. I, I after. I started talking. I don't remember what I said. I Ryan just, aced the interview. <laughs> I walked out and Sarah's like, I, I blew it. I blew it. I said, you're fine. You're fine. She was, I don't, and I said, I don't even know what I said. She goes, you were awesome. Brian said, aced the interview. I said, I don't know what I said. I just, I just knew I was not leaving without her hearing. <laughs> well, the weirdest question that I think they asked and it wasn't even weird. It's just difficult and you have no idea how to answer it. But Brian brilliantly answered it. I think it was the last question they said. This is the first time I'm hearing this because I don't remember. Any of it. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Oh, Go gosh. I love it. it was. What do you think is going to make you a good parent? And of course, I should have prepared for that question. No, no. I was. I went off babbling on every other question and I was good on those. Cause I'm like, I've done my research. I'm golden. Then they get to that question and Brian, I just look at Brian and 
Brian's like, okay, I'll go first. And he talks about the fact that he loves teaching. He loves being a supervisor at work because he gets to see his staff grow and build their skill set. And he said, I want to teach a child and I want to see them grow and all of this. And he finished and I just looked at him and I was like, that was a really good answer. And he just started laughing. And then I had to answer and I kind of repeated what he said, but far less eloquently and basically shoved my foot so far down my throat that felt like I taste the letter of a shoe. I was mortified with my answer to that question and thought I blew the whole thing. Like he said, I went out to the parking lot. I'm like, I totally screwed it up. Totally screwed it up. So it definitely was a Wednesday. Was it a Wednesday? Because they said, okay, we'll talk to you. Oh yeah. In about a week, you'll hear back from us. The director was on vacation or like the highest director person was on vacation. So they said, we'll make a decision when they get back. We can't make a decision before then. Okay. Before we go in that, let's press pause and we'll be right back folks. We're, in, we're back at the No Picks After Dark podcast, and we're in part three. So uh, here <laughs> we go, folks. It's a while, don't we? No, no. So this is a beautiful story, and I love the story, and I can't wait to, uh, you know, the, the audience to hear this. Well, this is the first time you're hearing most of it. Uh, I yeah, this, this is wild. This is very <laughs> wild. Uh, I was telling them in the break that my heart, my blood pressure went up. I started sweating over here. <laughs> you know, I know the outcome of the story, but just getting there just stressed me out in here. Um, so we're following off. Last thing you said, you guys are gonna get back a week later. Week later happens and go. Week well, later doesn't happen. Week later doesn't happen. <laughs> it is a next day phone call. And I'm at work. I see, you know, Baltimore Social Services. I'm like, oh man, what what did we forget? You know, they need another piece of paperwork or, or something. And uh they said, Oh, I'm calling about the nugget. I said, Okay. I said, Do, do we need to bring something else in? Do you need anything paperwork? She said no, I just want to let you know that that you got him. So what? But we're supposed to hear from you in a week. And she said, "No, no, you got him." I was like, uh, 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 you know, start crying. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call Sarah and like call Sarah and tell her. And she's like, "Great, what do we do now?" And I'm like, I, I didn't ask. I just know we got him. Oh no, I remember <laughs> you calling because I had spent the entire day crying, thinking I had screwed it up with the interview, and. I remember my coworker, Alex, my former work wife, um, was trying to calm me down most of the day. <laughs> and I got the phone call from you and I freaked out about the paperwork. I was like, oh no, I had every single piece of paperwork completed. <laughs> they cannot pull this on me. And um, you, start, you started the call with, so I had the best day ever. And I thought you were being sarcastic. I completely thought you had something had happened at work and you're just miserable and I was having a rough day already. And I said, what happened? And you said, no, seriously, I'm having the best day ever. I said, what are you talking about? And you said, social services called. And that's when I went into the paperwork thing. Like, oh, hell no, I did not miss. <laughs> there had been so much paperwork up to that point. It was like, okay, what? what I had a what, giant checklist of everything. In. You are not going to get me on a technicality with paperwork. No. And he said, Sarah, no, we got him. And I said, what? And he said, we got him. This is seriously the best day ever. I was like, we're supposed to. And I went through basically every question Brian had already gone through. And I start crying. I'm not a happy crier. 
I'm just a hot mess crier. And I started crying at work and I walked over to Alex who had been calming me down. And I was like, Brian just called me. I'm free. We got him. And she just looked at me and she's a happy crier. So she started up and then all of my, I couldn't even like sit still for the rest of the day. And my boss, Todd, who was one of our, um, references and actually had to be interviewed through the process. You have to have references and all this stuff. And, um, my boss Todd was just like, he's not a super smiley guy. And he was just beaming. He, the amount of support from my office alone was like awesome. And then we were like, Oh crap. What do we do? Because though the room was set up, it was purple at the time. And I'm like, Oh no, now I get a project. Oh, I'm going to paint all the things. I'm getting this done the way we want it done. We had borrowed like a crib from Brian's sister, Amy. Um, and it I, was missing several bolts. So it wasn't necessarily a safer <laughs> child. Well, it also knowing me and my like complete control freak when it comes to interior design, I was like, no, I need a white crib. So we were all over. We went out, we got, we're well, like, I had to tell my parents. We needed to make the checklist of like, okay. We oh need, my gosh! I need car seats. Do we they need car seats now? Do All they come stuff. over like that first day, or like does the social work come in and say, "Hey, caseworker, say before you guys get nugget, you have to have to come in and check it again." There was um, there wasn't a there second was a check. process. That's that's another thing that was very yeah. strange. So we were given this timeline went from like early November. All the way th- introductions. He do a, a two-hour meet and greet. It was supposed to be like December supervised sixteenth. He yeah. was supposed to be placed with us, and, and the, we're talking. This is the first week in November. Yeah. And then you or, did first week in November, and yeah. then you did like a two-hour supervised visit, and then you then did you a four-hour half and half supervised and unsupervised. And then there's like an overnight. And then there was a daytime, and then there was an overnight, overnight. and then and there, was, there a was a weekend, weekend. where so they he would build be, up kind of get him in place and get him comfortable. And it's more for the older kids because you have to make sure that the relationship is building there. He was so little. I think he was 15 months. 15 months. He was so little that they were like, okay, well we're going to kind of crunch this down into a smaller window. Cause obviously he's a baby. He's not going to know whether he likes you or not like whatever. But, uh, we did our first, first, Two hour visit actually turned into four hours. She, well, wait. First, she came over. She came over she, without him. Without him. So we asked. We're like, why did we get him? Like, what? What on earth made you choose us? Because we were curious, and I just wanted to know after that terrible interview answer. Um, and she told us it wasn't even the interview. She said that she had actually picked us from the first day that we saw her at the ready and waiting, because a lot of the parents came in or you know, foster parents came in and said, asked too many questions about his medical background and, and, and his parents and his parents. They wouldn't really like, they were trying to dissect like, you know, what his ethnicity was and, and what his medical history was. And whereas we were like, we, we want him. Like she, just, she literally said, you are the only family that only asked about him. Everybody else had to have too much information on the parents. And when the permanency plan for a child is adopt only, the parents shouldn't come into the picture. And she said, everybody else was concerned with the parents, but you guys only asked about him. So we had gotten it from there. And then uh, later we found out like probably a year later, cause she was at his birthday party and she gave the speech. Cause it was his birthday party was, 
I think the week before, week before the, the official actual adoption. adoption. And um, she gave the speech, which uh, I think my mom recorded. And she said, the second I saw them walking across the room and they came up to me, I saw that dark hair on Miss Balonis. And I was like, yes, my box dye worked. Because <laughs> he's got really dark hair and a full head of it. Um, but uh, yeah, she came over and told us that. And then the first day we met him was, I think, a week later. Okay, so it was a week later. I think. Um, he's, he gets the two-hour visit, but actually turned into four, and she left for the last two. So it was kind of jumping the line a little bit. Um, and he was just wonderful, like a little ball of joy. You know, uh, we, you know I have a picture of, of the first time actually like holding him. And uh, I... I'd, they were looking at each other and I snapped the shot and Brian's had it as his like phone background since it's my favorite photo. Uh, <laughs> second, well, second favorite photo. Um, because there's one of me and him, uh, hugging at the adoption on ceremony. adoption day. And that's, yeah. that's my absolute favorite. But, mm. he, but he, um, they called me, I think like a few days after that four hour visit and his caseworker, who I must again push. She is awesome. I love her. Um, his caseworker was like, so um, we wanted to change the date that he moves in. <laughs> uh -oh. And I said, okay. She's like, we want to change it from the 14th to the 15th. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. It's just a day later in December. That's fine. She's like, no, November. Um, uh, November. I was like, what? So, so, so next Wednesday, so, what? so we have like a week and a half. Are you serious? So you guys hadn't even done overnight yet. No, we, no, we did. No. We hadn't done an overnight when they called us to change the date. Okay. Okay. I was, I was, I was kidding. No. You know, okay. We hadn't done that, <laughs> but um, I was like, say what? We have two weeks. So you guys had two. I mean, are you and then it's all the stuff with work, like time off. We oh, got to find daycare. We didn't have that. So like, then it was a rush and then we were absolutely stressed. I mean, how did you, I, I know you guys are both busy individuals. You guys have jobs that require you guys working a lot of hours. So how was the company, I mean, not the third by on the bus or whatever, maybe, but how was your businesses, your companies that you work for when you guys told them the news, like, hey, we got something coming on. I mean, not trying to get anybody fired here, but. Uh, no, it, it, they were. <laughs> I don't work for that company anymore, so I'm good. <laughs> okay. Okay. I so. still do. Uh, they were great. Um, you know, I, I basically used up vacation time um, and under FMLA you're still covered I mean right. you have a child coming to your life it doesn't matter if it was you know oh yeah because birth yeah, baby, yeah. It, it's still a it's family medical so right. um, we were both able to use that uh, and we we spaced it out so I took two weeks and Sarah took three weeks yeah I took three weeks initially my office um I will say that my office was awesome uh, in that everybody on staff was really supportive. Um, I had my boss and my friend Jen, who was actually our backup and had to go to one of the classes with us um, so that if we had to have like a babysitter or something, she is the only one that legally could babysit him because she was the backup. Mm. Um, but she fought. HR to get me an extra week of paid vacation time because uh, maternity leave covers you and they pay maternity leave, but they won't pay for adoption. So the time that we needed to like get him into place, mm. um, she fought for an extra week. And so they gave me just cash. 
um, and said, you know, we paid you an extra week's worth, whereas you wouldn't have gotten it. So I took two weeks unpaid, um, got him in the house. I had no clue what to do with him. Absolutely <laughs> not a clue. I'm like this 15 month old. I'm like, do you, what do you want to do? And he was just, he's a happy kid in general. And I was like, I have no idea what the to question do right everybody wants to know probably and all parents are, cause I'm a new parent also. How was the first night? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the best thing. I love telling the story to new parents because they always have these horror stories. Uh, he, the kid sleeps like a rock. Okay. He slept seven to seven from day one. Yeah, we've we've only <laughs> been up with him a handful of times. I think it's only, and it's not even when he's sick. It's when he has a fever. He doesn't sleep well, but I mean, it's not even like we're up every couple of hours. Um, he has always, we had him for an overnight before he moved in officially. We had him for a weekend and his foster mom told us his schedule and we're like, okay. She says he tends to be a little bit of a light sleeper. Like if you go in and check on him, he might wake up. Um, but she said he'll sleep straight through if you leave him alone. And he has, he pretty much started like from the get go. He sleeps through the night. Um, we did not have any of the horror stories. We actually asked his dad, um, cause we had to stay with them for a couple of weeks. I asked his dad, comparatively speaking, like is nugget really difficult when you consider him a difficult child? We have absolutely no basis for comparison. And his dad looked at me just deadpan and said on a scale from zero to 100, 100 being basically a self-sufficient infant. He's like a 97. Do you have any idea how lucky you guys got? And he looked, I think he said later, I think your dad said you basically had a horseshoe shoved up your butt <laughs> to get a kid this good. And my, and my mom was so confused. She's like, you know, you guys can sleep tonight. Don't worry. I'll take care of him when he wakes up. I'll be right there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's going to sleep till seven. She's like, no, no. But when he wakes up in the middle of the night, no, he doesn't wake up. They were so confused. It, it was like, oh. uh, <laughs> do you drug him? What, what did you do? I mean, I'm going to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what sleep is. So yeah, I mean, kind of hates us for uh, that. I'm a little jealous right now. <laughs> it sounds like you guys had the angels and Gabriel singing and a beautiful moment of like, you can go to bed at night, have yeah. your, you know, you can sit back and relax. And, you know, did you ever have a moment? when you guys first had him, um, you freak out at night, like, oh, let me wake up, make sure he's there, make sure he's you know, breathing sound. Um, like, did you ever have that, you know, new parent moment? I would definitely, like, stare at the monitor, like, right, have right, here, right. and I would just watch it and be like, what's, what's going on? What's, right. is he, did he move? He's still there. Okay, what do we do? But I, I don't think I did. There were times when, like, he would bump his head and then I was super paranoid, but um, I don't think I did. We're Brian and I are both really heavy sleepers. Um, we could sleep through most stuff. I know that you were a little more jumpy because he did talk at times or like make noises and Brian would be like, I got it and jump up and then he's perfectly fine and he's still passed out. But um, yeah, initially the first three weeks, I think we were, I, we were definitely still trying to get our footing, but um Brian and I had one week. I just want to like circle back. Brian and I had one week that overlapped so we could find daycare because you need to consider this is five weeks. We had two weeks notice. Everybody else gets nine months if they get pregnant. And so we didn't have anything lined up. Daycare is the biggest pain in the neck to find. 
However, the state of Maryland and foster care made sure we knew this. The state of Maryland offers a search service for free. And you can call them and they'll, you give them parameters, like is the child special needs or whatever. And so we got a list of daycares to go to. And then the week that we had that overlapped where both of us took off, we went daycare hunting and went to all the places and all the things. <laughs> I hear daycare is a nightmare looking for a place. It is with an infant. Yeah, I've, Absolutely I've, I've, heard, with an infant. I've heard that's a nightmare. We got and expensive Super. oh my gosh we found one it was like man they're going to guarantee our kid can read by the age of two <laughs> but it was like five hundred dollars a week it was four hundred and thirty six dollars yeah. a week and brian was i was at home doing that's like the college tuition brian oh, i man. sent him a text and i said so which one you want me to look at he's like i want you to look at this one we need to look at this one our neighbors recommended it you need to look at this one so i called and i said you know is there an opening she said we do have an opening in our toddler room and she said it'll be 436 a week and i said okay she said when do you want to schedule your uh when do you want to schedule a visit and i said um let me talk to my husband and i will call you right back i gotta get back on schedules i texted brian and i said it's 436 a week and he just wrote back absolutely fucking not <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean no way. i mean that's uh, that's that's yeah that's more than a house mortgage i i was just like there's no way <laughs> so then when we use the maryland family network um we, we did, went to a couple places and yeah. one was super sketch one was like kind of looked like like a fallout like end of the world apocalypse movie <laughs> like the swing set it was like kind of blowing in the wind and it was all rusted out and it looked like a tetanus shot and uh, I was like, oh man, that, that's that's bad weeds and like it was just terrible. We went and talked to the lady and she had where she had these big long nails. She had just done her nails. So she still had the yeah. cotton in them to keep them separated. Oh no! And she walked oh, around no. and talked to us and all the kids were just kind of like huddled Sitting. in a corner. <laughs> like it was terrible. It was really and I was. I looked at him when we got it. I'm like, we're not sending him here. And the state of Maryland recommends this. It, it, it was well, the state of Maryland keeps, it's not even the state of Maryland recommends it. They have to keep a record of every place. So this was what gotcha. ma like matched the parameters that they put into the system. So thankfully we went to another one and we walked in and it's where he still goes. They are absolutely fantastic. They had an opening and compared to the other rates, I, I mean, they're, Daycare is just expensive to begin with, but they are actually affordable. Gotcha. <laughs> um, gotcha. And it, one thing that I don't know if um, they put out there that often with foster care, as long as the child is a foster care kid, they, the state covers a certain amount a month okay. towards daycare and towards there's a separate amount that they'll give you depending on the child's age and needs for clothing and food. So it's not like you're adding a big expense if you do want to be a foster parent. But not but adoption different though. Ado but he was still a foster kid. He has See, to be a foster kid for a certain amount of time with us. All right, and that's what I want to get to. Okay. Cuz I, I want to make sure nobody's confused going yeah. back and forth because I okay. keep I think we keep saying like, "Oh, that's when we got him." Well, it wasn't official. And that's why like you said earlier, you didn't even know he had him because no. we didn't post anything. So and, yeah, let's get yeah. into that. Let's get into that cuz I feel like people need to know um, it just doesn't happen. It's just not like, oh, here we go. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it takes, is, is, there, is there a trial period? What happens? <laughs> so there's, it was okay. definitely six months that he had to be in our house before they would even start moving towards the adoption. And both of his parents, um, had to sign off. Uh, basically it's, it's, they TPS. just had to sign their right. His parents Terminate had parental, terminated their parental rights. Yeah. yeah. And so 
the father had done that already. The mother hadn't yet until he was placed. Yeah. So once he was placed with us, she did sign off. Yeah. Um, and it's a closed adoption. So we technically we weren't ever supposed to meet them. I haphazardly met her one time at the courthouse. I had to do a wellness check. Yeah. So, so he I did, had to bring the I, nugget. Just drop to take him in front of the judge and just say, you know, he's healthy, happy. His caseworker was there. States uh, caseworker. Uh, his he also had a lawyer. He had a, he had a bunch of people in his support group. He had an entourage. Yeah. Um, wow. And she was there, and you know that really freaked me out because I was like, <laughs> "She's not getting it back." Like, right? I oh, no. I told Sarah, I was like, I was about to leave. I was well, like, you before also the court like, case. I was about to. You weren't there. Pick him up and just ghost out of there. Be like, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. I missed it. I missed it. I forgot to show up. You know. Uh, but it, it it was a nice encounter. It wasn't anything negative. Yeah. Um, and this whole time, his caseworker is visiting us once a month, checking in on him. Basically, the six-month period where he is technically our foster, even though his plan, his permanency plan is adoption and living with us, um, the six months, they need to get enough documentation on us and the relationship to put it in front of a judge and a judge to sign off on the adoption, which is why there's that period. So you're, you're, you're going through the months, um, you're, getting, you're getting attached. Oh, yeah. This is, this is your son now. In, in your mind, are you, are you psychologically starting to transfer that in your mind, or are you still thinking this is a foster child? How are you? I mean, I know you're treating him as your son, but you know, are you trying to mentally? What's your mental state at this point? I mean, I know you guys love Nugget, but you still have to go through that process. A paranoia. Okay, it was constant yeah. state of paranoia. Um, you know, like until the judge signed off on it, there was a possibility he could be taken away from us. Right. Um. You know, if God forbid he falls and hurts himself and then they, they misconstrue it as maybe abuse or, you know, we post something online or, or, you know, somebody takes it out of context. And it was like, that's like when you said, this kid just showed up. Like, who is this kid? Now, I didn't granted, see anything that's on Facebook. Really what happened to us, too. The kid just kind of showed right. up. But so, and there, so the parameters were you couldn't put him on, on any social media. Was that one of the parameters or is it, that what you guys wanted it, to do yourselves? It, it was something that we did to, just an extra layer of protection. Gotcha. Um, his caseworker said, you know, I've, I've considered him yours since day one anyway. Uh, you know, there was a rule about uh, babysitting. Oh, so that was difficult. We yeah. couldn't have anybody, a babysitter come over. They had to be in the state system to be able to watch. A, like basically they had to go through the same classes we had yep. um, to be able to handle a foster child. So we never had a babysitter. Like we yeah. never left him one night. We did, but we had a social worker. <laughs> we had literally had a social worker as a babysitter. Wow. So uh, stuff that you don't know here about. So for wow. the six months or it wasn't even six months. It ended up being longer, but for the time that he was technically our foster child, uh, we had a babysitter once and that was a social worker, but no one else. We couldn't have parents. Brian's parents do it. They weren't allowed because they hadn't gone to the class on discipline versus punishment. And our backup, um, she could come here, but we could not send him to her house because her house wasn't licensed and the house is part of the license that goes with everything. Wow. So we didn't go out a lot. That holiday party was like 
Yeah, or yeah. he went. He went everywhere with us. <laughs> that was that makes now nah, nah, all makes sense now. It makes sense. Yeah, that's now. why. And nothing was on social media again because of that. Um, and also, I mean, how much presence do you really necessarily want for your kids? That's a whole different topic. But oh, that's a whole, uh, a whole different. And place. I would love to have conversations about that, <laughs> but that's a whole different story for a different day. But getting back to you guys, so six months goes by. Was it longer for you guys, or and it was the what's the reason a, behind it? There's a just, backlog of adoptions, and yeah, it's only done at the the, the juvenile courthouse. They What's being the there, all all the people will tell you, like you know, there's a lot of terrible things that go on there. You know, the, in the stuff that they have to review, review and and broken homes and families. But then they all talk about like, oh, you're going to the good courtroom. And there's one courtroom yeah. on the, 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 I guess it's the east side. Uh, it's the second floor. Second floor. And that's where all adoptions take place. Yeah. So like the judge is like all smiling and happy. And, and it's once a month. Once it's a month on the second Wednesday. Yeah. One day a month. So we were thinking, okay, May, it'll work out. We'll do the adoption. It's going to happen in May. And his caseworker was really straightforward. She said, they get behind on this. There are not a lot of people to sort through all this paperwork. So it may be longer. It may be longer. And it turned into a few more months. Um, it ended up being August, mid August instead of may. Um, and there were a lot of rules. Like we wanted to take them on family vacations and things, which you can do. You can take them anywhere you want. If you are a foster parent, you can take them on vacations. You just have to have, travel documentation to go with it so like where you're going to be staying and how long you're going to be staying so there. when you go on your typical you guys go on your typical family trip to canada was that a little bit more harder than this we didn't we didn't go to canada that year because okay. we can't take them out of the country we couldn't take them out of the country so we could go across yeah. the state line but we had to get documentation gotcha. yeah. okay so we he went on uh he went on my family's vacation up north and then literally two days later, <laughs> he went down south for Brian's family vacation. So we took him places. So no international at all. No international. Okay. Nope. Okay. Um, but we took him places and we were thinking at the time we wouldn't even have to have the documentation, but that didn't work out. And it's fine. It happened later. But we got to August. August comes and his birthday was exactly a week before uh, the adoption day. And... We went to the courtroom. We ended up just, uh, I think it was just our parents and then our two references, which one was my boss uh, or my former boss at the time and our backup, which was the girl who had fought so hard for my extra week of paid vacation. It's a damn shame. Um, Companies are all like that, but go no, ahead. No, it's okay. I, I appreciate the fact that they did it. Right. Um, they were there and the judge had a little bow tie and called everybody up one at a time they called them by their new name if they awesome. were changing their last name so we walk up and the judge asks every person that's with you you get to take everybody up to the front okay. it's like a party some families had t-shirts made wow. and they had like 25 people <laughs> um but they call you up you go through everybody and he says you are now so and so and everybody claps and it's really quick um, I think they got through everybody in what 40 minutes. Yeah, not even that there were probably I think there were six or seven kids um, Or six or seven families because a couple families had multiple kids. They were adopting that day. They were sibling sets wow. um, But then Done He was ours finally um, 
And again, it felt like a long time just because after that six months, we were kind of like, okay, when's it going to happen? But it really, everything moved really quickly in hindsight. Um, again, two weeks before he moved in when we found out, oh, you're getting him and now guess what? He's going to move in. Um, but we have neighbors that are um, foster parents that were in our classes and they're looking to move towards adoption. Um, and I have a lot of friends that now that they know that we've gone through the process have asked about it, which is why I initially contacted you. Um, I have a few friends that would be great foster parents that again, they just didn't know how to start, but there's a really good network of people and support. Um, we had my coworker's sister come over. Sadly, it was for the Duke Syracuse game. And he was a Duke fan. So we didn't necessarily start out on the right foot, but, um, he came over and they stayed for like three hours. We watched the game and we talked about how it works because they were just going to start up with the classes and they've had a couple kids thus far and they're a few blocks away. So there, are, I think it's a lot more people than, uh, or there are a lot more people in the foster care system than others realize. And it's a really good network of people. Everybody's, I mean, you're all in there for the kids. I think the, the biggest takeaway from it is it's, it's not an easy process. It, if you put the effort and time into it, it will work. But, you know, you have to put the time and effort into it. You have to make the phone calls and you have to go to the classes and you have to show up at the writing and waiting. You know, it's just not like there's not going to hand you a kid. But at the same time, it's not as overwhelming as it feels. At the t- I, When you're in it, it feels like a lot. And again, hindsight, you're like, okay, that really wasn't that bad. It's mounds of paperwork, but, and okay, a few visits to the house. And we actually tried to keep our license because um, we were, we do want to get Nugget a sibling, but um, we tried, we talked with our caseworker about how do we keep our license up and that sort of stuff. And they have continuing education classes to keep at least your, um, you have to, do 10 hours, I think, of course credits um, just to keep your license every year. And so we did that. And we've kind of been keeping up with that. The only thing is we need another bedroom. So, so I, I guess one of my questions that when I ask it, and I don't, I don't think we've addressed it, is, is it pretty expensive process to go through? No, there's no cost. We never paid anything. Okay, there's, and I'm just curious. So people, I'm no sure cost. people are asking, like, wondering, um, is there a price to it? I mean, there's no there, price to a life, but what I'm saying is going through the whole process, did you get to pay for these classes? Unless you count all the household stuff that I decided to change up. Okay, well, yeah, that, well, yeah you know, that, that comes with the, the territory, but just you guys have to put up anything up for this whole process. No, and Nothing. then there's okay. there's hidden benefits that we were oblivious to. Um, like, one is this health care. Yep. So... When we found out we were getting him, I said, look, I need to know who his doctors are so we can figure out whose plan it's going to fall or whether it be my work plan or Sarah's work plan. And I said, oh, he, he has insurance. I said, well, you know, after we adopt him, <coughs> oh, no, it, it stays. I said, what? He's covered until he is 18. Or 21. If he goes if, to college, it's 21. He is covered by the state. Yeah. So, you know. So that's an we've expense never that, again, paid people don't have to You know, cover. we've never seen a doctor's bill. Yep. He's he's covered, and that's for all these kids. Like, you know, some people think that you know they can't handle it because of financial reasons. Like, they're setting you up for success. Like, yeah. they want this kid to succeed so bad that there's things that come with 
you know, that we didn't, we didn't know till afterwards. Yeah. And there's also, depending on the age that you adopt the child, um, if they are over, I think the age of 13, there's a, there's a deal that they get at any Maryland college. So college funds, because obviously playing catch up for 13 years would be difficult, but they, yeah, if you're, they I think it's 11 or 13, eleven, um, like and you get into point. a Maryland state school, it's paid for. Yeah, I think it's 13, 11, they give you like, I think it's like 5k a year or something like that. But the, the state is trying to help these families. Kids need homes. Wow. And so we did not pay anything out of pocket. Well, I, I would have just, you know, trying to figure out, you know, you guys have explained so much to the audience, myself, um, what are some things you guys look back at now and you're like, wow, I went through this whole process to people who are in this process right now. What are the three things you guys would recommend going forward if you guys knew what you knew now to people who are in that same bind you guys were in, not bind, but situation you were in, saying, you know what? IVF doesn't work right now. I, the adoption is, a pro, is, is an option on the table. What three things would you guys recommend that you know now going forward to help somebody else out there who's maybe who's listening to this podcast? It's like, you know what? This this sounds what we could possibly could do a, a couple young couple. I don't know. I'd say one, don't give up on it. You know, just you, you keep pushing, keep following through, make the phone calls. Don't stop that because once you stop going and they don't hear from you, it's almost like they'll cast you off. You got to keep, keep on it. And Sarah's great at that. Like leaving voicemails. And, I do and emails. all the annoying phone calls. <laughs> I'm that person. That's like, I didn't get an answer to this. I need this now. Um, I think communication between us too. Like we learned a lot about each other. Um, yeah. I, I mean, because all the forms you have to fill out, a lot of it is parent. What's your parenting style. And you're like, I have no idea. But the questions that they ask kind of at least, bring up a conversation because some are individual forms that uh, Brian and I filled out on our own. And then others are, you need to do this as a joint situation. And I was writing everything as we were going, um, but we had to talk about it before we could obviously um, form a good answer and make sure that I wasn't writing sentence fragments everywhere. Um, But I think for anybody that was dealing with, um, dealing with any like the IVF stuff or any sort of infertility stuff or having trouble with kids and maybe you're not at that point yet, just um, keep an open mind. I know we have friends that have adopted through private agencies and I mean, they did it for their own reasons and everybody's got their own thing, but just keep an open mind. If it doesn't work out and you really want to be a parent, there are options and they're not going to cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, I know domestically adoption is really expensive and internationally it's outrageous. Um, but it, if that's not an option for you and you really want to be a parent, there's other stuff out there. Um, I know it's not ideal and it could take a little bit to warm up to it, but do the research again. Um, adoptuskids.org is a really good place to start because they will list out all the resources. Um, they have a monthly newsletter that they send out that I'm still on, I think. Um, but it, again, just keep an open mind. I know that if you're struggling with it, it feels like there's not an answer and it's just 
disappointment or guilt, uh, it'll all come around. It'll all come around. I mean, Nugget's a happy little thing. And he's he's always been a really happy kid, which I think was a nice balance to us just like having all this stuff that went down first. Um, I'm trying to think of something else that I would tell somebody other than open mind. Mm. The paperwork's daunting. You'll get through it. <laughs> True. Paperwork paperwork sucks, but uh, you'll get through it. And it's it's, again, it's not as bad in hindsight as it may feel at the time. It's really not. Um, and talk to people. And they want you to succeed. They, they, yeah. they're, you know, they, they cared about us, um, you know, knowing that we wouldn't be parents and then take this. And on, we're still in contact with them. And we are, but th- no matter what their number one priority is the children. Like they have to make sure that they're putting them in the right spot, that there's right fit. Um, you know, and if they're trying to reunite them with their family, making sure that that's, you know, yeah, safe. I mean, I, I think the support that they do offer, um, you know, governments and everybody, they think, oh, well, I mean, it's just another kid in the system. And that's not actually the case. Our teachers from the class, I'm still Facebook friends with one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, she comments anytime I post something, she comments and she's super friendly. Um, and Nuggets caseworker, I actually emailed with her on Friday just because I was like, here's him in his Halloween costume and sent her the video. And she was just like, he's so big. And again, she's awesome. I just want to hang out with her all the time anyways. But um, <laughs> we're going to hopefully get together soon. Um, we just still keep in contact with them because the support system's there. And yeah. Again, it seems like a lot at the time, but there are people there to help you out along the way, and it's not as bad as... Our story was very kind of quick. I think part of the reason it seems so dramatic is because it was so fast, um, and there was so much other stuff leading up to it, but just, it's not that bad. It's not that tough to go through. It's not that tough to get through all the hoops. There are a lot of hoops, and you have to go through them, but they're not as bad as you think. I still get a kick out of it when people like, yep. Yeah, when was Sarah pregnant? When did you guys have a, when did that happen? Like, did I miss, and you didn't post it, but it, it cracks when me When we did finally post the oh, adoption was, day stuff, a, yeah. everybody's like, what just happened? I believe it. Uh, because no one knew. Um, if they, especially friends from out of town, no one knew. If you hadn't seen us, you didn't know. So, it happens. It happens. It's it. And I don't mind not being on social media 24 7. You know it's what? Totally fine. Hey, uh, <laughs> that's a whole different situation. I know. But, but uh, I appreciate both of you guys welcoming me into the household and sitting here and uh, telling the story. Uh, so I got goosebumps. My heart was, uh, you know, pumping harder and sweating just hearing, going through the process. And again, I think people need to hear these stories uh, because, you know, somebody might be going through the same thing. I still think I, I saw a hint of jealousy when I said he slept seven to seven. <laughs> I'm a little salty. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little salty right well, now. Well, also, if I am more than happy to, if somebody does have questions, like, you can put my info out there. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what I'll me. do is uh, one, I'll have it on uh, 
I'll have your Instagram page. That's all I'll do. I'll have your Instagram page or whatever we decide, whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and then if you know if somebody wants to contact you guys and reach out, but uh, I welcome all the questions. So don't she, she's <laughs> she's a married woman, fellas. So don't be sliding her DMs like that. I'm sliding, <laughs> okay. But uh, regardless, though, I appreciate you guys coming on because this is a very important topic, and you know I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day. I know. Today is a big, big day in uh, the household, and in 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 Baltimore today. So again, thank you guys so much. Love, peace, and happiness. Thank you for letting us uh, get this out there. It was it was fun reliving all that. And, to, and just and just to think, you guys are nervous before we got on here. Yeah, just like a conversation. All right, and we're out, folks. Yeah.